The following is a Secure Foundation broadcast. If you do not have the proper security clearance to listen to this broadcast, please turn off your listening device now and turn yourself in to the police. Our personnel will take it from there. Commencing playback of deadly auditory cognito hazard in 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome back, finally, to the Secure Contain podcast, the show that explains and discusses every aspect of the SCP Foundation, one topic at a time. I'm your co-host, Soren. And I'm your co-host, David. It's been... I... mm. It's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. I, I feel like I feel like every episode is starting to like start off like this. Like either you or I, either you aren't here. I guess I've been here every episode, but we just haven't done it in forever. And it's gonna be funny uh, for people that like it, listening to a backlog and don't like check the dates. The fact yeah. that this was, like almost a month <laughs> and after just the like, other one. Yeah, the last like five episodes have basically been like, oh yeah, sorry that no one has been here, but you know. Um, Anyways, well, it should get better though, because my allergies have come and gone, and I'm less dying. Yeah, and I'll have yeah. more free time. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully it gets better. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, today we're doing the Sarka Cult, uh, which is called the Sarkism Sarkism Hub on Sark- the actual hub. Sarkism. The Sarkic Cults. There's many cults. It's a religion called Sarkism. Or Sarkicism. I guess. Sark- Sark- yeah. Sarkicism it's 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 a thing um mm-hmm. yeah thing. so <laughs> this this is actually like really easily laid out um, yeah it's a huge and... there's so much information just on the hub i know nothing about this by the way we've reached the point in the show where i the supposed expert don't know anything <laughs> because i don't <laughs> yeah. look at things that i'm not interested in at least at least in the groups of interest how many how many do we have left for that uh, i have or... one marked down but i think i think next week and and some other ones might just end up being like quick fire describe whatever's left because there's okay. a bunch that have next to no content okay. but there's still so things looks like... so we can okay. just do quick fires to finish it up probably yeah so it looks like we're ending the end of the unit uh do you know and what then we're i have doing no next? idea what we're doing next okay well i guess we'll figure uh, that out cannons could work but then i don't know mm-hmm. who knows um anyways i'm gonna go ahead and read the overview on the main page uh before i do though there's on the right there's like a there's a picture it's like it looks like it's on like a scroll and it's like this weird it looks like a, like a satanic summoning circle or something mm, oh wait, with a bunch of runes on the outside and a big beast looking thing yeah. on the inside it says it is a seal discovered among the pages of a sarkic uh grimoire of grimoire. singular grimoire yeah. of singular significance variations of the seal and its individual symbols have been found at sarkic sites all, all around the world okay yeah. um it's so, religious, yeah. To this fake religion, spooky as well. Um, I've thought about what if I want to. I really want to. Sometime I, it'd be a huge risk, and I don't. That's why I haven't done it. But I want to do a project for like history on one of these things because there's enough content <laughs> here that you could probably fake it and be like, oh, this little known thing you haven't heard of before. Well, I mean, there is a <laughs> there is a history tab, so you could basically just copy and paste it from that. But uh, yeah, well, also plagiarism. maybe maybe don't fail. That's yeah, that's yeah. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go ahead and read the overview on the page. It says, by the uh, way, we're on a redesigned site for some reason, and I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I think all the stuff on this is redesigned. Yeah, except for, eh, but like yeah, it's, the it's, ba- the homepage still isn't. 
It's so weird. I like the reason. It's confusing. I like it. it looks, Whoever's it looks listening, nice, I like yeah. it. It's just confusing. I have an app. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I don't need heels. Okay. Anyways, um, sarcasm derived from the Greek that or flesh is a religious slash phys- uh, sl- mm, philosophical system that encompasses a variety of traditions, beliefs, and spiritual practices, largely based on teachings attributed to Grand Carcist Ion. Uh, from Proto-Yenisean Z Jean, I don't know, meaning break of ropes and by extension destroyer of bondage, Zhejian uh, was barred in into old uh, Adetite as um, manipulated text. So it is deify. It, it's yeah, it's deified founder. Adherents practice ritual cannibalism, human sacrifice, corporeal augmentation, uh, thaumaturgy, dimensional manipulation, and the formation of packs with otherworldly ener- entities. So magic. Organi- Magic. Organic manipulation—it's—it's <laughs> it's magic, magic god stuff. I think um, organic manipulation has allowed certain uh, sarcocytes to achieve anomalous states of being, transcending the physical limitations of baseline humans. Highly secretive, the general public appears to have no direct knowledge of their existence. The one exception being the Church of the Broken God, which views them in apocalyptic terms. Note. Certain splendor sects, such as the Church of Maxwellism, generally view sarcasism as either destroyed thousands of years ago or as simply an allegory for the imperfection of organic life and for those who are tethered to their base biological nature. Disease is used with reverence, and sarcic shrines have been discovered with offerings of swollen lymph nodes and tumorous growths. Sarcic cults uh, treat contagions as consecration, a means to call the weak and purify the masses, and thus actively seek to ensure their spread. The Foundation divides sarcic cults into two distinct strands, proto-sarcic and neo-sarcic. A hypothetical third strand presents uh, presently designated as Year Sarcasism, represents the original teachings of Ion during his life prior to the development of a complex religious system, and it's likely that this strand of Sarcasism is long extinct, uh, from Dr. Lowe. Proto-Sarcic cults tend to be found in insular communities throughout Eurasia's most, most isolated regions. Its uh, followers generally poor, if self-reliant, humble, and hostile towards outsiders. Such groups commonly eschew mod- m- uh, modernity, display acute technophobia, and are bound by superstition and taboo. In contrast, neo-sarcic cults are usually cosmopolitan, publicly embracing modernity, and showing no apparent qualms with technology, their public lives differing little from others of their culture and social status. Adherents are primarily affluent uh, families rich in history and scandal. Both generally follow a single creed whose core beliefs include the following concept. Uh, You want to just alternate with these? Sure. Apotheosis. The belief that an individual can ascend to godhood. It appears that sarcasm is that what we've decided on? Yeah, yeah, it's just easier. It, it appears that sarcasm regards Grand Carcist Ion, and to a lesser extent his Clavigar, as a... That's a Pokemon. That sounds like a Pokemon name. <laughs> it definitely is. As a being who has undergone apotheosis. For the Proto-Sarkite, apotheosis will be achieved in time and only through Ion. For the Neo-Sarkite, it appears that if one has the ability to usurp Ion... It is their right, if not duty, to do so. The path to apotheosis is equal to the will to power. Uh, next is will. The will to power is the primary driving force of man. The individual seeks to massacre all things within its domain, exerting the direction of power, uh, efficacy, while other individuals do the same, often in opposition. Will is to power as form is to matter. In turn, desire is the measure of all things. Desire is the measure of all things. Be unbound from more of each others. Do as you will to whom you will. And that's a neo sarcic proverb. Theo- Theopagy, the- Theophagy? Theophagy, from yeah. Greek letters, 
theos, god, and the suffix phagi, to feed on, to eat, slash devour. The sacramental consumption of a god. Sarkism holds that there are many gods in the universe, none of which they worship, and that these entities can be devoured in some fashion. Adherents ultimately believe that this parasitic relationship, whether literal or allegorical, is the primary source of their thaumaturgical abilities. Next is sacrifice. Among proto-sarkic cults, this appears to manifest as a sacrifice of the self for the benefit of the many. Neosarkic cults, in stark contrast, believe in the sacrifice of the many for the benefit of the individual. Muscle suffers damage only to heal and become stronger than before. The same can be said for the mind. Through developing toleration against con conventionally inconceivable things, cycles of destruction and regeneration. Strife, according to Sarkicism, is the greatest of tutors. The next is in quotes, To shepherd the flesh. It is believed that all living things descend from a single progenitor. Further explored in the mythology section, which we will go through. Adherents hold that this shared ancestry, footnote, weary English-speaking Sarkites will usually refer to this as the old blood. Adherents hold that this shared ancestry, an an ancestry is the key to corporeal augmentation, or words, further suggesting a singular understanding of genetics cloaked beneath layers of mysticism. It is the right of the Sarkite to guide and cultivate organic matter. Um, uh, yeah, and so that was the end of those. Uh, most proto-Sarkic sects believe that uh, Ion has achieved or is in the process of achieving apotheosis, and upon the completion of, a of his metamorphosis will destroy this flawed, stillborn universe and remake it into a paradise known as the uh, Ikunan, where the many will at long last know salvation and joy beneath rose-colored skies. However, other sects have been discovered that uh, have been discovered that believe uh, that Ion is dead, having murdered himself to protect humanity from the machinations of the gods. Neosarchic cults notably diverge from this interpretation regarding Ion with a certain amount of indifference. Their only concern is apotheosis to become like the gods through the acquisition of power, the development of the skill, and the severing of ethical tethers, uh, tethers that limit the potential of the individual. The Grand Karsist isn't viewed as a prophet or as or a uh, messianic figure, but rather as an individual who came closest to achieving godhood. They dismiss his moral teachings as weakness, ignoring much of the old scripture in favor of rituals they might exploit. While neo and proto sarkis share a common mythology and many of the same practices, it may be best to see them as distinct religions. Two proto sarkis neo sarkis are heretical and outright blasphemous, more an ideology slash philosophy that has appropriated elements of the true faith. This renders neo sarkis especially dangerous as they lack the ethical and moral restraints shown among the older traditions, and there's a footnote that says, Albeit ethics and morals that might seem strange are repugnant to modern sensibilities, that's from Dr. Lowe, perhaps going so far as to be its antithesis. It is fair that Neo-Sarkites have gone so far as to make pacts with the otherworldly beings that Ion once preached against. Sarkites are known to speak and write in the uh, Adatite language, an introduction to the old Adatite is available here, and that's a link to, I'm assuming, an introduction to that, which itself Probably. appears to be which itself appears to be a syncretism of Proto-Uralic, Indo-European, possibly Davite, and um, a, a Greek word uh, that means chaos tongue, a foundation term for a poorly understood language whose words commonly appear in sarcasm and lacks any known human equivalent. It is speculated that such words were not intended for human vocal cords and pronunciation is merely a, a close approximate, uh, but primarily Proto-Uralic. Practitioners of sarcasm or sarkites do not actually refer to themselves as sarkic. The term a pejorative uh, employed by the ancient uh, Mechanites, predecessor of the Church of the Broken God, for their enemies. 
Thought to be their true name, it was adopted by the Global Cult Coalition and later by the Foundation as part of Project Sitra Akra. In truth, Sarka cultists refer to their belief system as Nalka, uh, from Proto-Uralic, uh, meaning hunger. And no, under no circumstances are Foundation agents to use Sarkic or its derivatives when infiltrating related cults. Through adopting uh, Mechanite terminology, the Foundation and GOC have unwittingly perpetrated, uh, perpetuated the flesh mechane cosmic narrative of the COTBG. Uh, there's a footnote that says, I believe this relationship to be the result of self-fulfilling prophecy on the part of the Mechanites. When Sarkicism was first encountered, it strongly resembled an end-times adversary foretold by Mechanites Shima, or the Flesh. Unsurprisingly, the Mechanites made a connection that was hardly felt by the Sarkites in return. For Sarkicism, the Mechanites were simply another people that stood in their way, not some prophesied spiritual foe by Dr. Lowe, which is an inaccurate and gross simplification of what Sarkicism entails. While this document aims to recognize and correct previous errors, Sarkic and its derivatives remain a, norm a normative part of the Foundation lexicon. Ultimately, it is fair that the Foundation and the GSC know only a fraction of what Sarkicism entails and what its followers intend. Based on available information, the speculated goals of Sarkic cults nevertheless represent an SK-class dominant shift, including the possibility of an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. Oof. So it's, it seems like there's kind of like a uh, sort of more conservative side and a more liberal side of the religion. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go with that, then sure. Well, that, that's that's what it feels like. The whole, like, proto... The proto-Sarkites are, like, more traditional and more, like, very, like, stick to the text, whereas Neo-Sarkic is like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> we'll just go with it. That's kind of what it feels like to me. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, you want to go ahead and read the the next one? Which is Culture and Structure. Hold on. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> Currently, middle of a break due to... All right, we're okay. back. My brother yep. yelled at me. And then forgot that he, I was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to go ahead and read uh, the culture and structure? Has decided to change where everything is. Culture and structure? Yes. All right. It is important to understand that Sarkicism is not only a system of beliefs, but an ancient culture that has, in secret, preserved its own language, traditions, and societal norms, while outwardly adopting the dominant culture of the lands they inhabit. To comprehend the Sarkic psychology, one must remember how their minds are shaped by their distinct social environment. Thus, behavior that would be considered beyond the pale to most, murder, torture, etc., whoops, uh, might be perfectly acceptable among certain Sarkic cults. Well, for proto-Sarkites, such actions might be committed zealously for some perceived greater good. For neo-Sarkites, it manifests as a most libertine manner. To be as gods, one must not be bound by mortal concepts of morality. Nothing sacred, nothing taboo. Wow. All right, then. That's Bad fun. people. Mm. Letters between neo-Sarkic cult members have been deciphered, revealing a fairly intricate, intricate caste system outside the religious hierarchy. A form of pedigree, it appears that Neo-Sarkites, uh, this concept does not appear to exist among Proto-Sarkic cults, uh, places heavy emphasis on bloodline, a hidden aristocracy whose marriages form pacts and the foundation of powerful Sarkic families, referred to by followers as high bloods, sometimes black bloods. This likely being a play on blue bloods, a, a term for nobility, noble and other affluent people. One is generally born, born into Sarkism with new blood introduced through careful selection. It is difficult to draw a line between cult and family in Sarkicism. 
The recruitment of outsiders is usually unnecessary as Sarkites have little trouble maintaining their numbers, their virality and health apparently unaffected by generations of inbreeding. Even non-Karsist, Karsist and above being biologically immortal, uh, Sarkites have significantly lower rates of mortality when compared to that of an average human. Indeed, a Sarkite community was once discovered by studying late medieval census data and searching for populations with unusually low mortality rates, most especially those whose numbers were unaffected by pandemics such as the Black Death, uh, rarely dying before reaching 100 unless by violence or accident. It is also possible that upon reaching a certain age, Neo-Sarkites falsify their deaths and spend the rest of their anomalously extended lives away from public view. Data suggests the hierarchical 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 structures are generally consistent between Sarkic cults, having remained relatively unchanged for at least over the last 3,000 years. The two highest tiers, Azirmach, Grand Karsist, and Klavigar, High Karsist, have not been verified outside of scripture and ancient documents, rendering it difficult to discern whether these ranks are truly part of the modern Sarkic hierarchy or serve as mostly mythical foundation. With that, the standard hierarchy from highest to lowest consists of Ozirmak, also known as the Grand Karsist, the highest tier reserved for the prophet Ion and no other. Ion is further discussed throughout the document. Clavigar, also known as High Karsist, roughly analogous to a saint. The names of four Clavigar are presently known. It is common for Neosarchites to claim ancestry from a Clavigar. See the Hagiography subsection of history for information about individual Clavigar. Karsist, the spiritual and secular leaders among Karsarkic organizations. Karsists are considered biologically immortal and vary in form. Although all known Karsists appear to have once been non-anomalous humans, only some maintain a human visage. And anomalous, uh, they're considered biologically immortal, vary in form, and anomalous ability. It is theorized that they are able to control their Halkus, which is a group of anomalous organic entities controlled by a Karsist. Alright, thanks for the redundancy there. Uh, via the release of complex pheromones, it is assumed that the Clavigar and Azirmuk wield similar influence. Volutar are advisors to a Karsist, predominantly female among proto-Sarkic cults for reasons unknown. Zend are a middling rank of the Sarkic hierarchy, having a degree of power and protection unlike the Orin. Orin are the lowest rank of the Sarkic hierarchy. Adherents who do not descend from a Sarkic bloodline begin at this level. So it seems like there there's a lot of work that was written into this fake thing. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you mentioned it as well, but up on the top right, there's a picture of oh, a yeah. dude sitting in something that says, The late uh, Cornelius B. P. Bodfeld III, Karsus Solkisk, former leader of Adictum's Wake, which might be like a, a group or another subsection of the cult. Yeah. So this is a picture yeah. of a dude somewhat... <laughs> It's got like a helmet on. So they have like a whole, they do have like a whole hierarchy going on as well, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, next, we're going to move on to uh, mythology. Yeah. Because um, apparently that's also a thing. Um, the first uh, part is cosmology. Um, it says the observable universe is one among a finite or infinite number of possible universes contained with the meta- within the meta universe. Each universe can in turn be divided into a finite or infinite number of iterations. The structure of the meta-universe, the natural laws which allow for the manifestation of the universes, is eternal. Without beginning or end, universes, on the other hand, are created and eventually destroyed. Beyond this, circuit cosmology is fairly simple by virtue of the indifference of its adherence. Existence is regarded as an entirely brute for- fact, corruptible, discordant, and devoid of purpose. 
next there is, next and the, actually the only other one within the mythology is the old god uh before i start that there's a picture on the right um once again it looks like it was like on a scroll there's a lot of like letters and runes at the top and there's like a weird like soul thing with eyes and teeth and tentacles and it says icon of the devourer as depicted in the uh Val valkazron valkazron yeah um so yalda Baoth, a uh, name thought to be first employed by Gnostic and Mechanite sects, uh, also known as uh, Vazjuma, which it also means the old god. God Eater, implying that it consumes its own progeny, not unlike Cronus of Greek mythology. Devourer, his or her undulating vastness, the great winnower, the womb of chaos, and various other epithets, is regarded in Sarcasism as the principal power in the universe. Neosarchites appear to re revere this entity, but Proto-Sarchites and all discovered. Uh, scripture thus far, describe it as the true enemy of all people. Translated fragments of the uh, Valkyron suggest that Ion had somehow usurped control of this cosmic entity, wearing the flesh of the old god as a sort of armor, and crafting from its body a kingdom. This is a contradiction by recently discovered scripture, with, which suggests that Ion merely cast down the living god uh, Dieve, uh, weaker avatars of the Archons, the children servants of Yaldabaoth. The continued mortality of human in the absence of paradise ultimately implied that were Ion real, that then he had failed to achieve his goals, suggesting a less positive outcome. As with all things related to sarcasm, it is difficult to discern reality from myth, most especially when myth contradicts. Proto-Sarkites view this entity with fear and disgust, regarding it as both the creator and destroyer of all life and the uh, progenitor of, of the gods. As more sects are discovered, the diversity of interpretation grows readily apparent. And then it says, uh, there's like a little note. It says, The wound cut from the flesh of totality, deep. It severed the line of future and past. Drawn to its ancient fe fester gods, swarmed as flies to a corpse. We waited within bloodless veins, faithful to that which we could not know. Unable to imagine that we might become their greater. Here we slept, until our souls became flesh. And that's from Son Alku. Uh, Yaldabaoth is portrayed as both destroyer and incidental creator, feeding upon gods and stars and exhaling life. Life is thus a natural byproduct of the old gods' existence, unguided by intelligence and spreading through a process not entirely dissimilar from panspermia, uh, the theory that life exists and is distributed throughout the universe in the form of germs or spores that develop in the right environment. Blind and driven solely by instinct, uh, Yaldabaoth is depicted as being accompanied by six otherworldly entities known as, known as the Archons, Ar sorry, Archons or Voltas among certain protostarchic cults. These beings are described by Sarkic texts as faceless manifestations of primordial chaos, with true forms inconceivable to the human mind. Gnostic and Mechanite scripture would mention the Archons as well, describing them as terrible and rapacious uh, angels. There's another night, no, another note, sorry. Uh, it says, The swineherd prostrated himself before the sorcerer king and asked, Great sorcerer king and Azurmach, heart of man and light of lights, I speak for the folk of the cold marsh. We fear the red lanterns that dance without harmony. Our spirit guide warns of ill omens. And Ion did assure the man, I have gazed upon the faceless ones, servitors of his undulating vastness. Their chief is blind, castrated by our words and wills. He sings songs of anarchy, but they will not come again. These terrible spirits do not deserve our love. Render unto them no sacrifice until the stars have aligned. That's from Son uh, Vlith. The six ordeals of Ion refers to the six challenges issued to Ion by the Archons. Through enduring their trials, Ion is said to have mastered the rituals and practices ubiquitous to sarcasm, breaking free from the bondage of mortal limitations. 
Further information about Ion's relationship with Yaldabaoth and his Archons, as well as the nature of the ordeals, remains unknown. Although relevant stones are believed to be recorded within the uh, Aluvan Kalas, a known but unrecovered Sarkic Grimoire. And finally, there's one last note. It says, And to his flock, Ion thus spoke, I have stepped beyond the flow of dreams, stood before the old ones within their own desolate domain. I have endured their intolerable force across countless eons. I have seen the infinite dead worlds murder death herself. I have read the entrails of our creator, beheld eternity unfurled. Know that our paradise draws near, and with our own flesh shall we birth it. And that's from Stone Skull. And so it seems like those notes are kind of like, I, I don't know, it, it reminds me of like like books of the Bible or something. Like different notes and stuff. It, it seemed, it felt like it was like verses from that. Because it mentioned like old, old and newer scriptures and everything from them, so. Yeah. It's real interesting. There's a lot of like world building for this. Oh, and uh, you mentioned the image. Mm-hmm. It looks. If you want to describe it, it looks kind of like a beholder, but with a lot of with two mouths. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but I'm and just gonna say instead yes. of eyes on the stalks, it's just tentacles and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's All a right. couple dots uh, floating around it as well. Yep. Yeah, big history with bunches of things. Oh boy, mm-hmm. this is a large one. All right, we'll do history now. And then we can go into protosarcasm, neosarcasm, and organisms, and then some actual skips if we ever get to it. (laughs) All right. Most intervention. I already messed up saying information. Good job. Most information regarding sarcic history and mythology is sourced to the Bodfil Codex, recovered from SCP 2480. The codex includes a partial translation of the Valkus. Valkzaron and related marginalia. Along with archaeological evidence, the Foundation has been able to establish the historicity of sarcasism. These words seem strange. As essential as the Codex has been, large gaps remain in the timeline, and much of the following is entirely speculative and subject to change. Early History Sarkic weapons, armor, and trinkets have been discovered among Minoan ruins on the islands of Santorini, formerly Thera, possibly placing their origins to at least before the eruption event, which triggered the complete collapse of Minoan civilization around 1500 BCE. Footnote, not enough to suggest an invasion and occupation. More likely, the items arrived via Minoan merchants and Central Asian trade routes. I might be saying Minoan wrong, but I'm going to keep saying it like that. (laughs) Uh, It is presently believed that Sarcasism itself did not reach the Mediterranean until, until approximately 1200 BCE, theoretically related to the Bronze Age collapse. Past that, Davite tablets dated to approximately 1800 BCE refer to a slave rebellion in the northernmost province led by a charismatic Harisarch and Half-Blood. Scrolls discovered within contain phrases and terms archetypical to Sarkite cults, including references to a Grand Carcist Ion, which would suggest that it's a Sarkite cult. These findings suggest that Sarkicism has existed for nearly 4,000 years. All evidence, linguistically and archaeologically, points to Western Siberia as Sarkicism's point of origin. Ion, if still alive, if ever having existed at all, likely represents a high-level reality bender. Little is known about the Grand Carcist, sorcerer king of Aditium, uh, footnote, a city of unnumbered unspeakable crimes, according to the ancient Mechanites. Considered the capital of Sarkicism, it remains unknown if the location continues to exist in some manner. Uh... Little is known about him, with all information being in the form of deification or demonization and lacking in factual reliability. 
there's a seal on the side that looks kind of like a weird portal thing. Um, the Valkazaron refers to Ion as having been born to a Davite mother and sired by a concubinist father, implying that males born of such unions were destined for slavery. The exact nature of Ion's bondage is not is unknown, but his supposed intellect suggests that he was not used for combat or manual labors, perhaps serving under an alchemist or priestess. It remains unknown which came first, Ion's doctrine or his revolution. If these events are grounded in reality, it is possible that the religion developed in coincidence with his slave revolt and a way to codify their methods of anomalous warfare. In his mission, Ion was aided by four individuals known as the Clavigar. Figures of reverence and supposed disciples of Ion, they are the saints of Sarcasism. Now, there's four specific things about the uh, Clavigar. Do you want to read? Do you want to alternate? Yeah, yeah, I can start. Um, yeah, so it says the, the section is uh, hagography. Um, the first one is uh, Clavigar Nadox, um, and it has a seal of Nadox, and that's like a hand with an eye. So it's associated with intelligence, wisdom, perception of mysteries. Uh, epithets include the tongueless speaker, Lord of Mysteries, the all-seeing, and the anticipation of Ion. Once a sage in the southernmost region of Davite influence, he preached a philosophy of peace and equality, building a following among the impoverished. Agitating the Deva, he was captured and publicly tortured. The poor he had tried to help now hurling stones upon him. Before the crowd of hundreds, drunk and atrocious in their stupidity, <coughs> a Deva priestess cut off his tongue, sewed shut his mouth, and had him emasculated. Um, the complete removal of the penis and testicles, and a, an apparently common form of punishment upon the among the matriarchal uh, Davites, which I'm sure was very fun. Rather than having Nadox executed, they instead had him marked, a symbol placed upon the forehead. Impossible to remove, it designated him as a sufferer, one who the people were required by the Davites decree to forever torment but never kill. Nadox wandered the land as a uh, pharaoh. Denied refuge and safe passage, struck with rocks and slashed with knives, all by the people he had hoped to save. It is written that he beheld, while suffering a fever dream, a messianic entity, one that, could not, one that could rescue him and humanity from an existence of suffering and tears. Nidox will travel north in search of his savior to guide Ion toward his destiny. And Ion held six fingers aloft and upon their spears of the soldiers impale themselves. For you, they cried before the blood drowned their tongues. And Ion said, Now do you see? And Nidox wept as more did skewer themselves in Ion's name, for he had seen and now knew the truth of his words. And that's from Son Siros. All right. Okay, so next one. Uh, Clavigar Lovatar. Another Pokemon. <laughs> so, oh, no. Already associated with sex, love, eroticism, pleasure, motherhood, disease, and unrestrained reproduction, breeding, cancers, growth, etc. Mm. Those are related. Um, yeah. Epithets include the one whom Ion most desired, the high blood redeemer, and the mother, on rare occasion brood or hive mother. Wow, that instantly brought me to a different uh, <laughs> internet fandom, I guess. Alright, that's relevant again because of things, uh... because of events. Um, a priestess, as well as the daughter, <laughs> the really complicated long events that I have to catch up on. A priestess, as well as the daughter of a Deva matriarch, she was initially in opposition to Ion, whose revolution threatened her way of life. It is written that her hatred for Ion eventually became a sort of infatuation. That's... oh no. It's... okay. Unable to remove him from her mind, she sought to capture and bind him as her co-sort. That, again, seems like the thing. Alright, well, there's a symbol on the side. Um, that's kind of like a heart being stabbed by a thing. Um, 
In his in her quest to make him hers, Lovatar sent wave after wave of slave hunters, but none returned. In time, it would be Ion who came to her by his own accord. It is written that Ion visited her in the night, bypassing her guards and appearing within her bedchamber. Instead of attacking, he sat upon the edge of the bed and quietly spoke to her. What he said was unknown. Uh, footnote, it is written that the words were meant for Lovatar alone and thus never recorded, but resulted in Lovatar and Ion forming a union over a period of twelve days. Over the tw On the twelfth day, the two left her palace behind, never, never to return. Then there's a note. Beneath the black moon, her devotion took the form of a stone knife, like those of the reindeer folks of Adium. Penetrated, amber blood, colored by ancient sins, poured from the wound, her tears like the warm rain of distant summers. Beneath the poison moon, the amber flowed no more, and the snow she painted red, indecipherable, for Ion, who drank deep the fermented honey of Lovatar's kiss. Ion surrendered upon her pale breasts, a shared Ooh. respite and ecstasy. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Still Ion hungered, and from Lovatar's dark lips flowed a word, there is pleasure in serving. Smiling, he bowed slash lowered his head, knowing the drunk's joy of milk and sweet fermented honey sown tall. Ah! That's enjoyable, and ex that's an enjoyable experience. Now um, you can read Orok, which is uh, also a Pokemon. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, so the seal, it's the seal of Orok, uh, it's... I don't really know. It, it looks like it's not like a waves, a couple of waves or something. It, no, you know what? It looks like like tree branches or roots or something. Um, it says a figure of reverence and supposed disciple of Ion, associated with strength, war, violence, wilderness, hunting, and seemingly in contradiction to loyalty and revolt. Ep uh, epithets include the horned beast, the brute lord, and the pale hunter. Described as being of unnatural physical strength, Orak was a product of alchemical and thaumaturgical experimentation on, on slaves. Enthralled to matriarch uh, Asvigosa, the ruling deva in the city of Gel, Orak served as a bodyguard and pit fighter, apparently considered the greatest gladiatorial combatant of his time. It is written that Ion, when taking the city of Gel, entered the palace of matriarch uh, Asvigosa, presumably the highest authority in the city. He requested that the matriarch should leave and take with her a message to the deva of devas, lest she suffer retribution. Refusing his ultimatum, the matriarch ordered Orak to destroy him. It is written that Orak hesitated, his runes of bondage setting his starved soul aflame so that his body became spirit. Turning to a, his matriarch, he struck Azragosa, his, his fist imbued with the very power she had forced upon him, and reduced her body to cinder and ash and heavenly starlight. As Orak said to the Ketherans, and there's a footnote that says, Kithera is a location that appears in both Serkic and Church of the Broken God scripture. The uh, Valkska... Sorry, Valksaran describes the conquest of Kithera and the, con and the conversion of its people. The Maxwellian Book of Horrors associates the location with the prophesied NK class end of the world scenario. Anyways, as Orak said to the Katharians, power is made from the pain of the fragile. Here weakness dies, here strength is born. I exert myself in pale reflection of iron sacrifice to the flesh, of flesh to the, metam to, to the intolerable force and shed frailty's husk. I commune with the with my Alkaloth core, my sacred metamorphosis complete. That's from Soen Sisk, uh, and there's a footnote that says, "An uh, Alkaloth is a symbiotic organism implanted in the bodies of Sarka cultists." Further discussed in the organisms section. All right, that's not. Wait a minute. You got one more. That's not the end of it, though, unless you went it? past and then came back to the footnote. Whatever. Uh... Yeah, no, that's it. That's all. It's close enough. All right, Clavigar Sarn. Pokemon number four. Need just need two more, and you got yourself a team. 
a figure of reverence and supposed disciple of Ion, associated with darkness, secrecy, deception, poison, assassination, and justice. Those are related. Or Jaka, translated, translates as divide, separate, or even cull. It is employed in Sarkul. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, it is employed in Sarkicism as a concept of cosmic justice, separating the strong from the weak, the good from the evil, adherent from apostate, terminating those deemed enemy or unnecessary. Wrong. Um, epithets include the Whisperer, the Coiled Shadow, the Faceless One, and the Judgment of Ion. A young house servant, she quietly endured Davite abuse throughout her life. Having suffered long enough, she calmly murdered the entire household with poison, garrote, and dagger. Captured, she would, she would be imprisoned in the forest city of Cursed. Uh, footnote, the first to fall so that he might rise, said to be the first kingdom to fall to Adium, Ad Adiatum, and having become symbolic of the inevitable defeat of those who stand in opposition to Sarcasism. The seal is like three snakes kind of all wrapped around. Um, Sarn was awaiting ex ex execution. God, okay, hold I hmm. Sarn was awaiting execution when first approached by Ion, who moved through the dungeon walls like the mist of summer's snowmelt. The, he there he said, the winds whispered of your actions. There is no evil in the judgment. You did not choose to be the vessel of our will. Many will die this day, but you are needed alive. The prophet's hand is describing <coughs> as having transformed into a wolfish maw, tearing apart the cell door with its teeth and liberating Sarn. Honing her skills, Sarn would eventually control a network of spies and assassins. A Davite tablet describes their efficacy in graphic detail, including men and women disemboweled in the streets and Davite infants strangled in their own cradles by traitorous servants. There's a note. The heart is made silent slash still, before her dagger seen, a moment immortalized in a single strike slash stab. The judgment, unavoidable, inescapable, dismay, a death inconceivable. To the arrogance of Deva, triumph, a dagger in the darkness, with the blood of tyrants, our children sleep well. Son Vaku. Alright, then there's more history. Um, there's little information about Sarcasism between uh, C. 1600 and C. 1200 BCE, despite the period being considered the Golden Age of Sarkic civilization. It is during this period that Davite culture recedes, footnote number 34. It has been hypothesized that the Davites sought to anomalously preserve themselves as more and more territory was lost to Sarkites. Existing only as a small city-state in what is now Mongolia, it is theorized that the lack of archaeological evidence for its existence is due to in part to many Sarkic structures being composed of living organic material. Ugh. Wow. Okay. Do you want to do the next section or should I? I can do the next two. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. So the first one is uh, War and the Fall of the Deathless Empire. Sarkic civilization, having reached its zenith, began to spread into the uh, Caucasus and Anatolia, Balkans, and parts of the Levant and Mesopotamia. Impressed by or fearful of their anomalous capability, several tribal groups began to fight under the banner of Adium and the Sarkic faith. These include Caskians, Proto-Thracians, Lycians, Illyrians, and many others. This semi-mythical state would come to refer to itself as the uh, Kalmaktama, or a compound word literally meaning the deathless in Old Adatite. It appears to be derived from the Proto-Uralic Kalma, death, and Katama, less, or the deathless. <coughs> The Hittite king, Sipoluliuma uh, II, uh, tried in vain to defeat the invaders, con contributing to the fall of the Hittite Empire. Another footnote that says, This information, as well with all information, including circusism, cannot be revealed to the public. Whoops. <laughs> Fortunately, most non-Foundation historians blame the events of the Late Bronze Age, 
collapsed on the mysterious Sea Peoples. The Kalmaktama Empire established a foothold in the Mediterranean, invading slash colonizing the islands of the Cyprus, Crete, and Gyaros, uh, which also sounds like a Pokemon. It is uncertain as to who struck first, but a coalition of kingdoms was formed in response to the Sarkic threat, resulting in war around 1200 BCE. Archaeological findings such as mass graves, weapons, terrain damage, and primary source documents, such as scrolls re recovered from Gyaros and the RLC, reveal the extreme and anomalous nature of the war. Foundation historians estimate a death toll ranging from 20 to 30 million, making it the fourth most devastating war in recorded history. According to the recovered documents, the coalition formed in response to the Kalmaktama Empire included Egyptians, Mycenaean Greeks, Minoans. It appears that Minoan conspirators fought on the side of the Deathless Empire. Minoan civilization had been on the decline at the time of the war. Uh, Canaanites, Assyrians, and the Mechanites. Um, the Mechanites are theorized as, ha as having been the driving force of the coalition, seeking allies against a threat perceived by them as the end of the world. Although Greek in origin, the cult of Mekain had temples throughout the Mediterranean, most notably in Egypt and the Levant. Most details of the war are unknown to the Foundation. It is suspected that the deployment of the Colossi, such as uh, SCP-2406, as well as the heavy use of a substance called resembling Greek fire, traditionally thought as having been developed in uh, C-672 CE, that destroyed the tide of war against the Sarkites, when the war was over, the Kalmaktama Empire was assumed destroyed along with Sarkic civilization. In reality, Sarkicism would continue in secret. It, at both its homeland in the Urals and among the tribes that had fought under the banner of the empire, such as among the Thracians and uh, Dacians. Damage to the, to the region was great and many civilizations did not recover, resulting in the collapse of various kingdoms, a crisis of refugees, the decline of art, literature, silence, and technology, and the lingering disease and famine from Sarkic biological weapons, an event later known to historians as the Late Bronze Age Collapse. The fall of the once seemingly invincible Deathless Empire would result in Sarkic dis diaspora, leading to the development of culturally distinct Sarkic cults throughout Eurasia. Due to a lack of reliable information, the Foundation can only speculate about Sarkic activities between C. Uh, 1100 BCE and 1300 CE. And finally, the rise of Neo-Sarkicism. On the right, uh, it has a picture of an old dude with a rune or something on his head, on his forehead. It says, uh, Janos the Wise, Karsus Savoric, 1560, uh, Solomonar, Sol Sol and court magician to Balaz II, the Mad. The majority of known Neosarchic cults, uh, the Hunters Black Lodge being the only known Neosarchic cult to not share this lineage, this is likely subject to change as the Foundation uncovers more Sarkic organizations, appear to descend from certain Carpathian noble families influenced by the Proto-Sarkic uh, Solomonari. It is unknown whether the, whether, the, whether the Solomonari intentionally infiltrated Carpathian courts or if they were instead sought out by the nobles themselves, ignoring or dismissing, possibly embracing, the rumors of devil worship and witchcraft surrounding the cult. Documents and artifacts retrieved from SCP Redacted suggest that the that some Solomonari served as court magicians of advising their lords and ladies on matters of alchemy, medicine, astrology, and the occult. In this time, in the, in time, this would result in the development of circuit great houses, affluent families practicing their own interpretation of circusism, placing the individual above the collective and applying it to their own self-serving needs. This new strain of sarcasm would spread throughout Europe via marriage. Once these footholds were established, the great houses grew incestuous. Which is fun. Yep. Soren died for a second there. My mic was <laughs> muted and I forgot to unmute it. <laughs> and just like several seconds of awkward silence. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. 
Okay, do you want to uh, read the mid-roll before We're we, doing uh... the mid-roll. We're just going to jump right into it. No editing. Mid-roll. Now. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Have fun. Um, me and the future <laughs> editing this. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Try to save this. I guess. Well, I guess you wouldn't have to edit it out if we're just jumping straight into it. No, we're at, we're in it right now. Okay. Um, thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show and sharing it. It's extremely important, especially when we lose half our listeners for not doing it for two weeks. How many? Um, didn't you say we just got like ten thousand? Yeah, listens we just hit ten thousand total listens, which at least a tenth of those are on the first episode. Let me check actually right now. Going that to live. Um. Yeah, we just hit 10,000 total listens, which is really cool. And yeah, well over uh, a tenth of those are from the first episode. And a significant portion of those are from the first seven episodes and not the recent ones. But who cares? That's all right. Yeah, it's um, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual, we have a Patreon and a Twitter. Uh, Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash podcast. We have two tiers, a $1 shout out, uh, and the other is a $5 um, tier it's access to a discord and cut content as well as the shout out um for today's shout out uh never mind we already did that one and i forgot to delete it <laughs> okay we're good um uh we we have a twitter like i said um twitter.com slash se podcast show or at se podcast show um our discord that i had mentioned is also linked uh on in our twitter bio it is go hell <laughs> it's, um, it's yeah. chaos and hell it's it's a lot. If you come, you could try and um, save it, but good luck. <laughs> and if yeah. you are interested in sponsoring the show, getting a promotional or personal message on here or whatever, just email scpodcastofficial at gmail.com. And thank you for Kevin MacLeod for providing our music under the title Twisting. And our next show will not be on any specific group, I've decided. It's going to be on bunch of smaller ones just really quick trying to kind of explain what they are so that we can get through the small ones that don't have enough content for their whole thing or they do have enough content and i just don't feel like doing them because i it's been a while and also another thing um i'm gonna do some promotion here self-promotion i'm gonna i'm gonna start streaming more things on my twitch probably so that's patcat127 on twitch so go check that out if you like games if you like games. If you like games. I'm going to do Mario Maker 2 once that's out, and then a bunch of VR stuff, especially once the Valve Index controllers are out and in my possession. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. Yep. I don't I don't have a Twitch. All right. <laughs> I, I just don't have a Twitch. Maybe you'll join um, me on mine once ever. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you back into the episode. We're going to read a couple more things off the hub, and then finally get into uh, some skips as well as maybe a tile, depending on time and everything. Yep. Totally. So. All right, so now we're going to go on to proto-sarcasm, neo-sarcasm, and the organisms, as well as probably one skip at most. We're going to skip a bunch just because the episode's running long, because there's a lot of content here without any specific like skips and stuff, which is useful for finding out what they are. And that also means there's a lot of content that you can go explore on your own, uh, because do that. Mm-hmm. All right, proto-sarcasm. Proto-sarcasm. Individual orders vary by region, but can be divided into two primary types, protosarchic and neosarchic. These do not appear to represent divergent beliefs so much as environmental adaptations. Shut up. You all right there? <laughs> I, yeah. Practitioners okay. of protosarcasism do not operate in the open unless their location is significantly isolated. Such sects display acute technophobia and eschew modernity, 
willing to go so far as destroy or disable advanced electronics when encountered. Footnote, communication devices appear to be considered especially abhorrent. Proto-sarkic cults generally value humidity, humility and self-sacrifice. And there's a picture on the right that has uh, several people in front of, uh, I guess, clothes or something? I'm not really sure what that is on the ground. It's like a it's, pile of burning things. Yeah, it's followers of the Church of the Red Harvest. Which is one of them. There's three groups of interest on all these like divisions of the church forms, mm-hmm. but we're not going to read them. You can read them on your own. Yeah, on this, it's the Salmonari Church of the Red Harvest, and the Vatula. Uh, next is Neosarcism. Uh, Neosarcism displays only a superficial resemblance to historical and current protosarcic sects. Whereas protosarcism is isolated and archaic, bound by superstition and taboo, neosarcism embraces mod- uh, modernity. Modernity or whatever. Yeah. Whereas protosarcism is fragmented, each group existing within a vacuum, neosarcism is cosmopolitan and unified. It remains unknown whether neosarchic cults represent a relatively recent development or a willing evolution of protosarchic sex. Neosarchites display no qualms with technology and may be found in heavy populated locations, their daily lives differing for little from others of their culture and social status. For neosarchic cults, the proper moral purpose of one's life is, is the pursuit of one's own desires and the attainment of power. On the right, uh, this is a small gathering of neosarchites. There's the dude laying on the ground um, with a hooded figure like standing over him. There's like a tiny crowd. And then the known orders for this are uh, Aditum's Wake, the Hunter's Black Lodge, and the Esoteric Order of the White Worm. Of White Worm, yes. All right, now we're on to organisms, which is probably going to be all we get through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the creation and manipulation of living organisms through anomalous, again, a footnote, DNA analysis suggests that some psychic organisms have been created through a process of artificial selection, breeding organisms, including humans, to the point where they no longer resemble their ancestors. All right, uh... Through anomalous means representing the most immediate represents the most immediate threat posed by sarcasm. Enough patterns have been discovered among these organisms that they can be divided into different species. These organisms display no signs of fear or pain and regenerate injuries at an anomalous rate. Below is a partial list of such entities. Alright. There's an image on the side that looks like a monkey. It kinda with... looks like the alien. It actually kinda does, except it looks like it's in a very, very, very bright room. Yeah. So it looks it's like an it has <laughs> yeah, it's an unidentified SK bio uh, during autopsy. That's like a mouth, and it has like two little like things coming out of its neck. Yeah, it looks like Weird. horns, but they're small. Yeah, uh, you want to alternate with these? Sure. Who's starting? Okay, I can, I can okay start. you can start. Uh, SK bio type one, and after that, we'll just read the types. Um, this is co- uh fuck <laughs> colloquially referred to as behemoths by personnel. These entities are commonly over 4 meters tall, weighing approximately 7,000 kilograms with pale fluffy skin, so it might be that one on the right. Um, lacking visible eyes, ears, and noses, their face is dominated by a large toothy mouth, so it is. The first recorded instance of an SK Biotype 1 was SCP-2480-2. They appear to be of limited intelligence. SK Biotype 2 is generally 1.5 to 2 meters tall and weigh approximately, I think, hold on, I think I just broke something. Can you talk? Uh-oh. Oh, no, I can hear you. Never mind. I thought I just un... Okay. <laughs> All right. SK Bio Type 2. Generally 1.5 to 2 meters tall and weigh approximately 250 kilograms. Mouths are vertical, running a length of what approximates a face. Spindly Ooh. fingers end in 50 to 60 centimeter talons. Bodies are partially protected by white, chitinous carapace. The flesh beneath dark red and visible and movable joints. Type 3, uh, also classified as SCP-2191-1, 
Uh, type 3 are considered genetically human but have undergone several significant, seemingly fatal mutations. Type 3 lack all major internal er organs, with the exception of the lungs, heart, and brainstem. The outer epidermis lacks pigmentation and displays a condition resembling cracked porcelain, possibly related to the harlequin type uh, theosis. These appear androgynous, lacking or having somehow removed secondary sex char characteristics. Their regressed eyes are covered by a layer of skin, rendering them mostly blind, but still able to react to light, universally displaying aversion to wavelengths uh, greater than 100 nm. Further, further deviations from baseline Homo sapiens in include especially flat, upturned noses and funnel-shaped ears, both considered related to their dependency on uh, olfactory and auditory perception. They do not appear to communicate via language, the only sound produced being a persistent clicking of the tongue, speculated to be a form of echolocation. Yep, okay. SK Bio Type 4, colloquially referred to as snatchers by personnel. Prehensile organic structures, dark red in color and with a tentaculoid shape. SK Bio Type 4 are sedentary and generally used by sarkites to guard specific locations. Type 5, uh, known to sarkites as a chiroc. Instances of uh, Type 5 are organic, biologically uh, living structures used as temples. The foundation presently has a deceased instance, um, SCP-2095, which is a link to that, in containment, uh, and then crossed out, but other possibly living instances or theorized do exist across the world. And that's the end of the cross. Update, living instances have been recently encountered by field agents. Further information is pending, and there's a note says, the creation of a Kyrak is more terrible than initially hypothesized. A living human is anointed, then repeatedly fed and shaped, its brain slowly atrophying as it becomes a living temple. These archives cultivate flesh and bone as one might tend a bonsai tree, and that's from uh, Dr. Tsukino. Uh, SK-Bio Type 6, known to Sarkites as Akulath and his sacred white worm, Instances of type 6 are symbiotic organisms found in the bodies of both sarkites and sarkic organisms. It is believed they act as a secondary immune system, protecting the host against disease, as well as greatly increasing their regenerative abilities. It is also believed to be connected to the physical transformation some sarkites undergo. And then finally, uh, type 7. SK Biotype 7 may exist or, or as or be composed multiple species, and generally refers to any SK Biotype that lacks a stable physical form, although this can occur in many, if not all, sarcoid organisms if critically injured. Existing as a gelatinous mass, such organisms are able to increase their size with no known limit by absorbing the biomass of those it encounters. An individual can be converted into, a, a, into an SK Biotype 7 by ritual, as encountered when SCP-2075 caused a transfiguration and subsequent death of Dr. Albert Cronenberg. And that's so it. yeah, that's it. I don't think we're gonna be able to get a skip or anything in because they're long. Yeah, we don't really have much time left. We were going if if any of you uh, want to look look for some, we were going to read SCP-2191 and SCP-2478 as I have a Transformers ad playing in the bottom right of my page. Uh, Transformers and then we're... is good, but the Michael Bay one suck. <laughs> yeah, that's my and then. We also had a tale uh, that we were going to read called Bumaro and Ion sit in the table. Obviously, now we know Ion is basically like their god, and then the, it starts off with Robert Bumaro, builder of the Broken God, sat at one end of his, ta his table. So, I mentioned earlier, also, the Broken God and Sarka Cult, they interact a lot. Uh, and they so hate that, each other. Yeah, so that would be interesting to read. Uh, but we don't have time, so we won't. Nope, it's also fairly short. End. So, but, uh, yeah. 
So that was the Sarka cult. They are yeah, they're, they they are just trying to become gods themselves, and they're succeeding a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they're doing. Yeah, but they're also like really like moralists and kind of creepy and, and shit. Yeah, that's fun. Um, that was a lot of information. Actually, yes, it was. <laughs> someone put a lot of time and effort into this, but mm-hmm. good for them. Probably multiple people, honestly. Yeah. Um, author at the bottom? No. Apparently, the last revision was nine days ago. So, that's that's that that makes sense, honestly. And it's revision one hundred and twenty-four. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. As Sora mentioned earlier, next week we're not doing one specific one. We'll probably do a couple. Yeah, Don't know what the episode title will be. Probably but... like, uh, "What is everything?" is my vote. <laughs> and we yeah. can just do like, "What is everything?" One. What is every? What is every GOI? Is what it's going to be called. Mm-hmm. And then I think like. Later, we can do an episode called "What Is Everything," where we try and explain everything we had had an episode on in the past in the span of an episode. That could be fun, especially oh, if you have like hard. a lot of backlog. <laughs> you have yeah. to explain every single thing, and it's like you have a time limit of an hour. Oh God! When an hour is a time limit, you know it's fun. Well, eh, uh, <laughs> fun fun is a relative term. Ugh. Um. Anyways, yeah, so like I said, next week we'll cover a couple different things. That was mm-hmm. the Circuit Cult. Yep. Um, this has been the Secure Contained Podcast. I have been your co-host, David. I've been your co-host, Soren. It is very hot in here. Let's get out of here. Yeah, he didn't have a fan on the entire time, and it because was very it hot. And in the... Actually, I do have my ceiling fan on, but it's not loud and doesn't work very well because it's not loud. Yeah. Hopefully, we will see you next week if we actually get our schedules together. Please. Hopefully. I'm I'm Please. assuming at this work I just have work on Mondays, so we might have to just record over the weekend. But we'll get it. We'll that get it done. Would we'll figure it out. Probably be smarter anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Uh. Bye bye. Bye bye.